0: Thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thank you for another day. Father God, this is going to be a testing day. Icy road conditions. And this is part of the change that you do, but the danger is not from you. The danger is from those who choose to drive recklessly, And be about their own way. Not caring for others, Father. So I pray over those that are out there that are doing what they have to do. The way they should do it. And Father, that you provide safety from those who are not. You're always with us, Father God. You're our shield. You're our protector. Your love is mighty, Father God. Thank you for the opportunity to share yet again and be in your treasure house. Abba Yahweh, Aman, Yeshua Aman, Paraklitos Aman. So, I'm going to share a couple kind of off the wall sort of things. How many of you have ever seen a documentary or read about a place called Fort Knox? And for those that are unaware or too young to have heard or don't know about it in schools the way they're teaching the atrocities that are going on in our schools system so nowadays, it's doubtful that many of you young folks have even heard of that. I've actually talked to young people that never heard of Vietnam. Oh my goodness. a significant part of history, and they've never heard of it. And when I asked them if the teachers ever spoke of it, they said no. Wow. Um, which is possibly, want to get off track here, which is possibly why there's so many issues going on with the veterans or why there's so many homeless veterans and um, a significant number of the homeless people on the streets that you see out there are veterans that serve this country, put their life out there, and heroes of this country, and not like the football guys that run around in spandex uniforms and numbers on their back and call themselves heroes, self-vaunting. So, they still deserve prayer, though. Even that guy that started all the kneeling stuff still pray for him. Opportunities. This is what God provides us with. And what we should seize onto is the opportunity to serve God. So there's... um, Back to Fort Knox. So Fort Knox is this... Basically, it's the treasury of this country. And it holds the currencies that are made... Not yet in circulation. Why they do this, I'm not sure. But they have, (laughs) they have literally storehouse, And this thing goes deep underground. They have military protections. They have an entire tank company assigned there. And they have military that are assigned to Fort Knox. It's actually an active military base. But Fort Knox itself, and this treasuring, it's got coins, paper money, that's it's taken out of circulation, that that's, hasn't gone into circulation yet, fresh printed, they do the printing of the money there, you don't just send it out to Xerox or FedEx and get money copied, they have a secure location for this. But it's enormous, it's massive, and in the documentaries they show some segments and you, looking, you look down the aisle way and you see shelves and shelves and shelves and it just seems like it goes on and on and on, and it goes in multiple layers underground. Well, to form a similitude, a similarity, but yet so much greater, so much more expansive, and contains so much more worth than Fort Knox. God's treasury, I shared with you that vision that he allowed me to see, it just is amazing. You cannot see the wall at the other end. When you go in that great big huge door, you cannot see the wall on the other end and it's just as if there and you, and you look to the left and to the right it's the same thing you cannot see the opposite walls you can't see the ceiling when you look up and if i recall there wasn't actually a ceiling it just <laughs> went and you couldn't see Basically, what I'm saying, you couldn't see the end. And it was filled with God's treasure. The significance of that is that this book that lays before me on the table, this Bible, the Word of God, the truth, is my treasury. It's my treasure house that I go to. And that others share scriptures and I bring and I share with you. It contains that that is my father's business and I am about my father's business. Because that's all he asked me to do. How can I not? And yet there are those that say they can't or they won't and they don't. It's a very frightening thing actually for me. Why is it so frightening? And this is why, and it ought to be frightening to you too. But more importantly, you be about our father's business because he loved us so much to send his only begotten son, and how could you not this this crowned prince of heaven this only begotten son of the Lord God Almighty, who was the word with God from the beginning and became flesh and came to us and shared the word, shared the truth, and was rejected, rebuked, and then crucified, knowing that that would happen, and he came anyway. He came anyway. But why is it frightening to sit back and be so complacent? Be so ignorant? Be so selfish? Yeah, I'm adding some adjectives as I go along because that's exactly what it is. When you refuse to share the word of God, share the truth, share the gospel, and here's the point, and I've told you time and time again, and I'll do so now again. Try my spirit. If you honestly listen to that still small voice of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to tell you that I speak the truth, that I speak from him, and that he allows what I share because it is his truth. Oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit. I'm quite confident. I'm faithful that the that the Holy Spirit will share that. Why? Because that's what I do. I tell the truth. I don't make up stuff to vaunt my position. This is not about me. It's not. I'm even thinking of changing the title yet again because it's got my name attached to it. Only my first name doesn't make a big Da, 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 introduction, and, and that's not what it's about. <clears throat> and I can't recall. i have to go into the settings and see that because... Oh, thank you. Holy Spirit just gave me a revelation. is going to be take place, and he's going to show me how to do it. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I love it when he speaks to me like that. So here's my point. For those of you that will not get up and whenever they decide to go to church is for a scenic cause, it isn't for a worship cause. So here's retortion to that. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Many will say, many, there are many deceptively normal people going through the church emotions who don't know Jesus personally. And that is scary. Suppose it should be. What could be more terrifying than Jesus saying, I never knew you. There's nothing more frightening than that. Nothing more frightening than that. That in itself should be a compulsion. But the thing of it is that he came and he was crucified for our sake. He came for me. How can I possibly be one to say, you know, God, I went to church today because the wife was bugging me and it was a special program with the kids. I went. I hung out. I said a couple prayers or, you know, whatever denomination, uh, Couple hail Marys or rah rah whatever, I whatever. But that in itself is not significant enough. God asked only that we share the gospel and believe that Jesus Christ is His only begotten Son. That's all He asks us to do. And yet there are so many that won't even do that. You can't even husbands trying to take the wives to church and they're so negative toward it, but they want to stay married. What's the, you know, they want to stay married, but yet can't get her into church to save her life. And that's what is good. You've heard some of us that are old enough have heard that man can't get that done to save his life. Man can't get that done to save her life, his life. And you know, there it's an adage. They apply something that is uh, a difficult task. Well... Is that not relative? Oh, absolutely it's relative. Can't get her to to go to church and to repent to save her life. Therein is the fabric of truth. To save her soul. To save her life. Her eternal life. Because without that belief, without doing these things... We have not an internal life. And once you die physically, you have perished. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And that's kind of a cool saying in itself. I was just thinking about that. That that, uh, last night as I was working. Into the wee hours. Is that... Pardon me. Like unto the valley of the shadow of death, which is open ended geological formation at both ends. A tunnel. A tunnel is dark. It can be scary, but unlike uh, a cavern that many times is not open ended, and unlike a cave that sometimes is not open ended, it only has one opening or one entrance, as you will. And it just goes subterranean and then there's nothing you can't get out the other end. But a tunnel. A tunnel. Might be dark. Could even be scary. But it's open on both ends. You go in from the light and you exit into the light. The life that we're leading and we're... Carrying on and walking in this world and things like that, but you're not getting to church, and you're not doing the things that should, you're not even in. You're not even reading the Word of God. And you're not praying, and you enter that tunnel, and it's very dark and dismal and all that. And then you hear somebody sharing the Word, <clears throat> and you exit the tunnel and you step into the light—the light of His glorious day. I love that song. I love that song. There's two songs that I have come to, well, several actually. I love the rescue. I love the song, Look What You've Done, and I love the song, Lazarus, and I love the song, Glorious Day. And Lazarus and Glorious Day speak to the exiting the tomb, rolling back the stone and stepping out as they hear that the Lord calls. Pardon me. (coughs) (coughs) Felt that coming on. I didn't want (laughs) to. Sorry about that. Um, And I'm sorry that those get included. I I haven't figured out, I, gotta, I guess I have to go in and figure out how to pause this thing without having to go. You, what I found is that maybe some of the things that why this why the platform is free is that uh, I have to just stop, save it, and then I come back in, and then I add to, and I don't know how that, I've done that a couple times, so I don't know how that comes back, as if it's like a pause, I... He did sneeze openly or cough, but uh, I hadn't figured out how to pause that out. Anyway, the significance of being in those tombs as Lazarus was, and then Jesus calls out, says, Hey, Robert, John, Joan, Jasmine, Jasmine, Jasamine, Nancy, Ruth. Bob, John, Ted, doesn't matter the name, but he's calling you out because he desires something. He does not desire that you perish, which is is the significance of sharing the truth, the word of God, the gospel of God, our father, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the word gospel just simply means good news or wow, that's gospel good news, truth. He didn't want you to perish. Brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit, the Lord calls all the time. He comes searching to draw you into the fold. Whether you choose to or you don't is entirely up to you, but I want to see people that I love, people that have gone on before me, I want to see my Lord and Savior. I want to spend that time. I don't want to perish. Can you imagine, if you will, what it would be like to just be so close? In Greek, in Greeks, um, in studying in school, the Greeks always seemed to write about tragedy. And, and um, there was a man, his name was Tantalus, and where we get the word tantalizing, but was in Hades, and was always just within reach of what he needed or wanted, and couldn't, I mean, could just fingertip, but not overcome and take it. Always toiling and thirsty and hot, and there was a fresh spring water right there, but he could never get to it. Now, if you can imagine, if you will, what kind of torment to see and be aware of your loved ones and want to hold them and touch them, and you can just get there, you can hear their laughter or their their speech, and they can, you can hear their pondering of where you are. Notice how that ambiguous, no, uh, no gender specifics, because that can happen to anyone, men or women. Mammon, if you choose to turn your back on God and refuse the offer for salvation, that's what's gonna happen to you. You're gonna join Tantalus. You're gonna hear your loved ones you will see your loved ones and you hear them calling why you're not there. Where are you? You're going to hear them call you by name and they can't hear you when you respond. Can you imagine going through that for eternity and then you see them in heaven with the Lord and that they're with more loved ones and people that are coming into recognition to you. And you're not there. You are absent from that group, that reunion, that love fest. And that happens as a taped reel movie, what they call a looper. It loops because it just goes on and on and on and repeat, 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 repeat. It doesn't end. however and heaven in eternity there's overwhelming love overwhelming love and your loved ones and so many people and you're going to be able to recognize everyone and here's the thing you're going to be able to move around in the fields green fields green trees and everything will be made new I honestly and truthfully, I walk where I, the area that I live in and I walk my dogs and I just, it breaks my heart when I walk them because people will walk down the street and just drop whatever they have. There are garbage cans all along the route. People will leave their recycle or refuse cans out there on the edge and then they just drop their bags, and then when the truck comes by, it picks it up. They go walking, and they won't use them. They drop their food containers on the ground. They drive up and down the street, and I have an, uh, one of my neighbors, and it, it breaks my heart, I go by there, and they throw the bottle, why they do that? I mean, this is, this is not even a boulevard. This is a narrow, residential street. And they go by, and I come home at odd hours from my job. They'll go down the street, and you can hear the crash of the glass, and where I'm at, I can't get out fast enough to see a license or what have you. Not that it would matter, because people just don't care that much. And they throw a six-pack of bottles out in this guy's driveway. Is it so difficult for you? that you can't drive at home or get by a garbage can or a dumpster somewhere and throw that away? Why must you throw it in a person's driveway? Why must you throw it out anywhere other than the garbage can? It's recyclable. Things can be remade from this stuff. But all around, I find, and cans, bottles, food containers, people just talk, man, God is going to purge this earth He's going to make it all new again. And he's going to rebuild everything that's broken that people have just neglected and just don't care to take care of and lack their stewardship. Our lives are going to be made new. No more pain, no more tears, no more heartache. All things will be made new. And here's the thing too. I believe this because I found a couple scriptures for it. But even our even our significant pets, dogs, cats, and these things, there's going to be a way made. And here, the scripture, one thing it says that God will make all things new. God is non-specific in many instances. In many instances, he is very specific. But this is an open-ended statement because I believe... And the Holy Spirit has not dissuaded me from this thought. So I believe it to be truth. Otherwise, I wouldn't share. That those creatures that God has created, that he has established, and they have a special place in our hearts, and he knows that. Whether it uh, be a domestic dog or cat or some other that has been invited into the home, or if it's a wild creature that is a bond has been created and is there, eh, of course there are those out there that I can hear the snickering and the sniggering and the, that sort of thing going on there. You, That's all right. You have a choice to believe. That's why you don't go out and share the gospel and do that because you choose to believe your way. That's okay. Just remember, better be praying and think about this. But here's the thing, is that God will create all things anew All things will be made new. Doesn't specify. There's a couple more scriptures, and I want to get those found because my grandson asked. I mean, he loved his dog dearly that passed away. Loved that dog. And I told him that, yes, and I shared a scripture, and his his dad is behind him, so he can't see him, and shaking his head, and just sort of doing his thing. You know, and that's unfortunate, and and my son is my son, and I love him and I pray for him all the time, but he's, um, how can I put, he's complex, okay? I'm not going to point a finger of judgment or condemnation, it's just that I wish that he would be in the word more, and I wish that he would study more and seek his face, First. But God is good. I pray that this, his shadow is over my children and grandchildren every day. I'm going out and coming in just like I pray for, for brothers and sisters and those who have not yet made a decision every day going out and coming in. But there is some very significant things about what I've shared with you in previous episodes and this thing called validation. I attempted to share some of that with you way earlier this morning after I got off work. I was pretty tuckered out. Hopefully it came across with clarity. I believe so. <laughs> I'm not sure. But the thing of it is that validation is a thing that keeps people from sharing God's word, the truth, the knowledge, the wisdom that he provides and that the holy spirit delivers. Validation. What what validation? The validation from whom? Mammon, other men or women? You seek that validation. This is <clears throat> I'm starting to get wound up. Holy Spirit, calm me down, grab my reins. You have people, and I have heard Christians talking about this. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? Counselor, prince of peace, name above all names, king of kings, all these things, but they will go to a mammalian counselor. Oh, they have troubles, they have this. I There's, and I pray for them. I do, but they actually share about this stuff where they go to a counselor, of Memmon and being told that they should this or they should that and they should this or they should that. Excuse me, the Holy Spirit will guide and tell you. I I'm I just mm. and. I can't judge that without knowing all circumstances I don't know, but it's just because I never hear them mention the fact that the Holy Spirit brought them to this person and that the Holy Spirit is guiding them to this person. They only talk about what this person has shared and told them that they should be doing and that they're confused and that they're unsure of what they should do. or what. Ter- and all I hear... Is significant confounding of white noise interference static that's turned up on a really loud volume. That's what I hear and that's what I experience whenever they share about this counseling sessions and they actually do it significantly, a significant amount of time. And that's unfortunate. But here's the thing. Pray for them, pray over them that this would either be turned around or that if they feel that they need that, that a counselor comes from God and the Holy Spirit. It will happen. I firmly believe my faith tells me that it will happen if that's what they seek. However, remember this too. You can pray for someone like that all you want, but if they choose to not allow it to happen... Just like you choose to either accept that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God or you don't. Your choice, but you have one way to go or the other way to go. Are you going to go to heaven and spend eternity there? Are you going to be an heir, joint heir with Jesus Christ as the Bible declares that you will be? Or are you going to go to hell and hang out down there with tentless? Just barely being able to tell you can even just touch the water, but when you come to touch it to your lips that are parched and dry, it already is evaporated. It's not even there. And you're so parched and you're so thirsty and you're so dry you can't even make spittle so you can swallow that to slake your thirst. It's not possible to do. Wow, what a place to hang out. I'd much rather be eating, having fruit, reunion with my loved ones walking in the bare grass all the time, being in the center of the garden. And oh my gosh, that fruit that grows from the tree is going to be so delicious because it says once we are there and we are secure in heaven and with our Lord God and Jesus Christ and our loved ones, that we're going to go to the center of the garden that's there and we're going to be able to pick Of that fruit and eat that fruit. I'm just imagining what the flavor must be for that. Wow, it's going to be powerful. But brothers and sisters, a validation. Why are they seeking validation from earthly counselors? There are passages within the Bible that talk about the significance of Jesus Christ. That he will be counselor, Prince of Peace. the The uh, government will be on his shoulders when people don't understand so many things that are here, that so many things are uh, the metaphors and analogies are applied. You have to be in the word of God. You have to seek the word of God to understand these things. It's there. And Wow, the Holy Spirit had me stop right here for a reason. This is interesting. <laughs> Luke chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that in all the world should be taxed. Now, when he says that, so it says all in the known world, the, the world that, that they knew and that the Roman Empire secured and was there, that everyone paid tribute and taxes to Caesar Augustus the arrogant Caesar Augustus. And this taxing was first made when Sineas was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went out from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Wow. <clears throat> I shared with you from the book of Ruth and Boaz, very humble beginning from this woman who came and gave up her family and declared her allegiance to Naomi, would not leave her side and said, your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I shall not depart from you lest it be by death. And she came from a very humble beginning. Obed was her first male child, was her first child and a male child. And from that lineage is shared is the line of David. And Jesus came, was humbly born. There were so many people in Bethlehem that they that Joseph and Mary had to stay in the stable. Jesus Christ was laid in a manger for a bed. And he was wrapped in swaddling cloth to keep him warm. I've shared this with you before. The swaddling cloth is used when lambs, when sheep use, are giving birth to the lambs. And when the Person who owns them has got to help them because maybe something is critically wrong, or or that you just needs help. Sometimes the delivery is long and she's tired, so they need to help her, and they use a swaddling cloth. It's a woven cloth, and and they can wrap it in. It's strong. But think of this, the humble beginning of our Lord Jesus Christ. And was sent that way for a specific purpose. He did not come, and you know God, Jesus Christ, when He came, he didn't say, "Here I am, I'm Jesus, and you need to hear what I have to say. Have I got some news for you? He never talked to the Sanhedrin that way. He just stood before them, and sometimes they asked him questions and he wouldn't even answer. He didn't need to say or puff himself up and say, well, it's that way because I said so. It's that way because I said so. If anything else, he put the... um, What's the word I'm looking for? I can't find it right now. I forget stuff. Um, But he put the laudation in a different direction. He didn't accept all that on himself. He said, because that's the word of my father. They didn't get that. They got upset because he declared that God was his father. They got upset because he declared himself the son of man. They got upset because he cast out demons on the Sabbath day. They got upset because he healed man's withered hand on the Sabbath. They got mad because he helped a lame man to walk on the Sabbath. They got mad because he gave sight to a blind man on the Sabbath. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? all this good that Jesus was doing, and the truth that he told, and this coming from the scholars not being able to validate him according to their way. So what did they try to do? They tried to devalue Jesus, berate, degrade, belittle, and they took him to the Romans, who beat him mercilessly, mercilessly so that the flesh, and there's description of this, that the flesh came away from his bones. That's how much they beat or how dreadful his beating was. Before he even went to be crucified, do you hear what I'm saying? Let me put it this way. Who amongst you would be willing to do that thing, to lay down? that greatest gift, as Jesus told him, than to lay down his life for his brother or sister. And yet, I'm going to jump this way because God's allowing me to do so how many are being put down and being cared for and accepted and thanked for what was done because there are men and women that have done that very thing. And there is a church, as I say, I have not seen them in the news as of late, but they, this pervert that teaches the word and maligns the word of God, would take members of his congregation with their children. Oh, and the children of the favored, oh, are they going to have recompense to pay for that? But they would take them to these burial ceremonies where the family and friends and loved ones and some strangers, simply because the person was a veteran and in service to this country, gave their life. They would come and honk their horns and scream obs- obscenities coming out of the mouth of these people, mammon, that claim to be Christians. Find an example you're setting there, you perverse, degenerated, oh. But here's the thing, still praying, because you could repent. And even all that, if you repent, God will take you, pull you in, give you a hug, give you a kiss on the brow, put you at arm length and says, yes, I will. And then you walk the way of truth and knowledge, his way of truth and knowledge and wisdom again. He will allow that. He will do so. This is, this is what's important, brothers and sisters, that those things that are happening in darkness in this world, we pray over them. We seek God's truth. We seek God's knowledge. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And we must do that continually. And brothers and sisters, and you, the question like Simon Peter asked Jesus, how many times am I going to need to forgive my brother if he comes against me? Basically, Jesus' answer was, and didn't say it in this way, but he said it in, in their way, as many times as it takes. And that answer means exactly that, as many times as it takes. If he comes to you from now until he takes his last breath and God comes to take him home and asks for your forgiveness for something, you are to give it to them. It doesn't matter who comes and how many times they come. Or if they might do a relatively relatable thing, to something else that they ask forgiveness about. You don't judge them by saying, hey, wait a minute, you just did this and, ah, therein is the key. And there are individuals that don't actually have any real personal knowledge of what was, but yet they will remind you that you did that and you didn't change. And who are they? What they do by doing that, and what you will do by doing that very thing is you are diminishing God's authority and his validation and you are vaunting yourself to be above or be God. You don't have that authority and you better not try to take it because as soon as you start talking about and talking in that manner, oh, you'll never change. You were like that. You did and you don't weren't even there. weren't even old enough to know that. But yet you have now just taken and seized with your own Actually, you were being guided by the white noise interference of Satan, and you just took authority from God. You just told God. See, you're not just judging against that person. You're telling God that you are in authority, that you are above all names, that you have that right. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. And you better be very cautious when you start pointing the finger in judgment, and condemnation, belittling, and degrading somebody. First of all, it better be with firsthand knowledge and not hearsay knowledge. And second of all, you don't do that at all. And if that person tells you that they're sorry, then you tell them, I forgive you. Yes, let's let's put this into the sea of forgiveness. But no, what mammon does is they go... Man, you did did that same thing two years ago. Booyah! There goes the mushroom cloud. You never did forgive them from that instance. You held on to that because you just reminded them. You had it in the back corner of your attic up there and the minions of Satan were up there kicking it around. And this similar incident, you held it on fire. You didn't forgive them. Why is it that I say that? Because you reminded them of it. So when you tell them or you tell somebody that you forgive them, you have to forgive them. You don't ever mention their name in specifics again. You don't ever throw that incident up in their face again. If anything is mentioned at all, and I'll be truthful and honest with you, brothers and sisters, I share an instance because it's a prime example, but I do so in ambi- <laughs> ambiguity. I'm not going to say somebody's name specifically, and I'm not going to point my finger at them, and I don't hold on to or begrudge. I pray over them on a daily basis, and those that are, you just do. That's what we're told to do. We pray over them. And that their opportunity for repentance, because that's what we do, that's because that's what God asks us to do be about His business, be about His word, His truth, His knowledge, His forgiveness, His love, His kindness, His compassion, all those things. We have to seek that. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. This is why that scripture that He talks about in Luke, that you have to be able to hate your mother, hate your father, hate your brother, hate your children. And it's, you have to be able to let them go. When the trumpet sounds and Jesus calls out and says, it's time to go, you cannot turn back and say, well, wait a second, I got to go get, sorry, babies, but I have to do this. I got to go get honey and Oreo, and bring them along. No, you don't. Honey and Oreo, that's, those are my service dogs. Um, no, you don't. You have to be able to let them go. But see, here's the thing. In my heart, I know that they're going to be anyway because God is going to make all things new. And you're not going to go, oh, but what if? I I don't want him to go to shelter. I got to call somebody. No. When it's time to go, it's time to go. All things cease mattering except the fact that Jesus called. It's time to go. The train is leaving. Get on board. Let's go. I will. I do. Let's go. That's how it must be. And if you've been praying over your mother and father and your family, your children, and loved ones, whatever it is that your faith gives you the ability to do that, I pray that strength for you because there will be that time, it will come. Are you going to try to jump down off the roof and go in and get your coat? Remember the significance of that. There is significance to that. That word is talking about if you're working on your roof, And the call comes, run to the hills. Do not take the time to run in and get your coat, get your cloak, get your clothing, get a bag of food together, or grab your go bag, as some people would know what that is. You don't go down in the house and grab your go bag. You head for the hills. Significant scripture about that. I look to the hills from whence my help cometh. And when Elijah and his protege were in a city, and the city was surrounded by multiple armies, many armies whose kings had gotten together and bonded a treaty, and Elijah prayed to God, said, let him see what you allow me to see. And with that vision, his protege was out on the balcony and looked around, and he saw the many armies surrounding them and that they were going to die. But then the important thing that was shown is that he saw the armies the multiple armies were surrounded indeed by the army of heaven. Chariots, as if they were on fire but not consumed. Cavalry, as if on fire but not consumed. And the the foot soldiers, as if on fire but not consumed. This was an amazing thing, and could see that each and every single one of them was an angelic being. And those armies that surrounded the city to come in and destroy were indeed surrounded by the armies of heaven. And I love this um, this thing was posted by an acquaintance. I think it was my nephew. can't remember. I think my nephew posted. But it's this very cool picture and it shows the earth way down below and then there's um, as if you're kind of looking over the shoulders of the angel and you're a little bit higher than they are. And there's the opening in the clouds and and you could see that it's a very large open, very big circular and on the edge of the clouds are rows of angels, rows and rows and it goes back as far as you can see. And when the enemy tells you or one of his minions or you have someone's tells you and, and you're a Christian believer and they come at you and they say, yeah, and wh- you and whose army? Ha ha. When they tell you that, and that's the answer, call on them and they will come. Jesus came in humbleness And his glory is that he is counselor, prince of peace, the great physician. He is the only begotten son of God who came that I could be doing what I'm doing right now. And that those that have an ear, let them hear. And this is so Anyone that has an ear, let them hear and choose to be saved, to believe in Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son. of God. Uh, Brothers and sisters, if you look in Luke chapter 3, and if you start in Chapter chapter 3, verse 23, and you start reading down, you will see the earthly lineage of Jesus Christ. and, And Luke supposes that Jesus is about the age of 30. And it lists his lineage. And if you keep reading down and down and down, which was the son of Jesse, which was the son of Obed, which was the son of Boaz. And it goes on and on and on with the lineage all the way down. And it goes back significantly all the way to Jacob, the son of Isaac, which was the son of Abram, which was the son of Thara, which was the son of Nahor, which was the son of Saruk, which was the son of Raul, which was the son of Balek. And it goes back, and this is the Earthly lineage of Jesus Christ. But here's something that's really <laughs> really pretty significant. It goes all the way back with this. And in verse 38, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. It lists the earthly lineage that can be traced all the way back, all the way back. I can trace my direct lineage back as far as Colonel George Washington and possibly further or farther back, farther back, But that's a pretty significant amount of time. That's um, uh, that's my <clears throat> six, seven-time great grandmother. Whew. But this goes all the way back and anchored in that time. But see, as a son of God that I am, because of my faith and belief, and being told that that's what I am. The word of God tells me that's what I am by accepting that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and believing that he is the only begotten son of God and came for me. I am now his brother and heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ in the kingdom of heaven. And that, brothers and sisters, is what I would love to see for everyone to have that opportunity. It's what... God tells me he wants me to do. Brothers and sisters, you're in my prayers. Am I going out? Am I coming in? And those that have not chosen yet to decide whether which way they're going to go, yea or nay, I pray that it would be yea, that you accept that Jesus Christ came for you as well, accept that he is the only begotten Son of God and that the gospel of God the Father in Jesus Christ is truth and for you as well. My going out, my coming in, I pray this be done because it's what God asked me to do. And I am about my father's business, period. His truth, his knowledge, and his wisdom. Be blessed. Have a good day.